Today I want to talk to us about, this word's just kind of something that I think is what we need to hear in, in the world that we're living in, and it's something that we need to, uh, as Christians, portray to the world, that this is who we sh- should be as a, as a Christian to the world we're living in, in chaos, in disrupted times, and when it seems like everything's falling apart, the church should be this. And the word I want to talk to you about today is hope. And it's something that we need to be. Hope. And when I say the word hope, I look at it in this from this perspective that hope, it's the bridge between time and eternity. It's what bridges the two together. And studying through Scripture and studying through the Bible, there's lots of verses on hope and lots of verses that talk about hope. But the ones that I thought of, there's a few, but I, I want to dig into this one in particular. It's 1 Corinthians 15, verse 19. It says, If our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. King James says, If our hope's only in this world, there were men most miserable. That if our only hope is what is here and what we are experiencing here, then we're pretty miserable people. Because there is an afterlife. There is something after this. And when you dig into this scripture in 1 Corinthians 15, the Apostle Paul is talking to the church at Corinth and he's explaining to them because there was people that come into the church that believed in Jesus, that were baptized, that were discipled underneath the church, that had come to this conclusion that there was no resurrection of the dead. And they begin to tell people that there's nothing in the afterlife, that there's nothing beyond this, that we're just living here and the reason we need to be a Christian is so we can be a better version of ourselves here. And Apostle Paul is... He goes through this whole big long chapter in 1 Corinthians 15 and explaining to them how that the afterlife has to be real first and foremost because Jesus died, was buried, and was resurrected. And if Jesus has an afterlife, if He ascended into heaven, if He made promises about heaven, then we can't promote or announce that there is no afterlife. So as Christians, we have to speak about a world after this, that there's hope of an eternal place that is a lot better than this place. Can we have a good time while we're here? Absolutely. Absolutely there's a good time while we're here. But it's going to be better there. Right, Dennis? There's going to be a better place there. And if we don't believe in an afterlife, we're going to become miserable people. And Apostle Paul is explaining that. And Robert Schuller, uh, one of the great pastors of America... American church that I know of. It's Crystal Cathedral. It's out in California. Great big huge mega church and it's all glass and just a beautiful, beautiful sanctuary. And this is a quote from him. He said, let your hopes and not your hurts shape your future. Let your hope and not your hurts shape your future. Because if we live in this life, how many has been hurt? Maybe by somebody Maybe by a circumstance that happened. Maybe by a sibling. Mary's pointing at her sibling. Could be anything. But we all have hurts on this earth. Amen. And when we get hurt, it makes us miserable, don't it? Yes, it have you ever been around somebody that's really, truly hurt in their soul? Even so deep that you can tell that they've absolutely been wounded by somebody or something that happened to them? Yes. It makes us miserable people. Amen. How many knows that misery loves company? I really believe that. The more miserable I am as a person, 
the more misery that comes around me. The more I can draw people that thinks about misery and how pain and how awful this life is and how hurtful it is here. But we can't let those hurts shape our future because if we become miserable, we will not have the hope of the afterlife. We will be so caught up in the hurt that we don't that we lose sight of the hope. So today I want to ask you, if you would, please give your hurts up for your hope. And I know there's a time for healing and there's a time for mending and there's a time for mourning and there's a time for all these things that it talks about in Ecclesiastes. There's times for everything. There's seasons for all that. Now, I'm not taking away from any of that. I'm telling you, if you're going through mourning right now for a loss, I, I know with Eric Sylvia, he's not here this morning, but he just lost his grandmother this past week, and he lost his other grandmother recently, and there's a lot of hurt that comes with that. There's a lot of pain that comes with that, and I'm not putting that off. I'm not saying that. Go through grieving. Go through that process. But go through it with hope of knowing there's an afterlife. I attended uh, Eric's grandma's funeral this week and just heard the preachers talking about the hope of the afterlife and how they knew his grandmother and how much of a Christian she was and how a godly person that she was that she pointed... The guy that preached her funeral was a guy that she pointed to Jesus as an early Christian, as an early young person. She pointed him in the direction of Christ because of her hope in an afterlife. What should the church be doing in this season of uncertainty? In this season of pain, is a season of unknowns. We should be pointing people to hope in an eternity. Yeah. That there's heaven to gain, that there's hell to shun. Amen. Live this life as an example for others to follow. Amen. And if you can this week, just go home and read 1 Corinthians 15 and you'll see this great argument that the Apostle Paul is pointing out. And there's so many things about 1 Corinthians 15. I love this chapter. This is a great, great, great chapter about eternity as far as what I know of. But there's one verse that, that I love that some people quote all the time. It's verse 33. It says, Bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good character. we got to be careful of that. Amen? We have to be careful. And it's not, I'm not saying don't have no non-Christian friends. We need to have people that's not Christians be our friends how are we going to affect anybody if we're not around anybody to be an example for somebody we've got to live in community in in close proximity to them so I'm not telling you to leave people but watch bad company because they'll corrupt your good character I want to be around sinners you know why? because Jesus did and to be a Christian is to be Christ like right? So if Jesus, they called him, why is he hanging around publicans and sinners? Why is he going around these type of people? They tried to blame Jesus for being a bad person because he was hanging around people that didn't have a godly example in their life. Jesus did it because of a hope that he had in an afterlife. He come from a place that he knew what heaven's going to be like. He didn't have unknowns about that. He knew exactly what heaven would be like. And he brought it to this earth so that he could lead us there. His whole sole purpose to come to this earth was not for himself. He laid down his life for you and I. Amen. He made an example yes. for us to follow. Yes. And Paul goes on in verse 36 and he, he says, What a foolish question. Whenever somebody's saying, How will the dead be raised? And what kind of bodies will we have? And we all have these questions. We don't know what 
heaven looks like exactly. We know some pictures of it from Revelations, the book of Revelations, and how it paints a, a streets of gold and walls of jasper and gates of pearl and all these things that it talks about. And we can imagine that. And They sung a song a few years ago, I can only imagine what it's going to be like. I try to dream about that place, don't you? I have questions about it. I don't know everything about it. But I know it's a beautiful place according to what I do know about it. It sounds like a place I want to go to. A place where Jesus is. And whenever they ask this question, I begin to think about that. The Apostle Paul is saying, what a foolish question that is to ask what kind of body we're going to have. I don't know what bodies are going to be like there. I don't know exactly what it's like. I know that we'll be known as we're known. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter, I think it's 13 or 12, somewhere thereabout. There's a verse there that it says we'll know as we're known. That we're going to have a ability to know who's there. I don't think we'll miss the people that don't make it because there's no pain and sorrow there. If there's no tears there, we would have to know that. So it's not going to be that. It's going to be a place that we'll know as we're known, yes. What kind of bodies will we have? I don't know. The only picture that I have of that is what Jesus lived out whenever he was resurrected from the dead. Some people seen him and know who he was. The two people that walked beside him, the two disciples that walked beside him down the road, they didn't know who he was. So he began to cook and begin to teach them. Then they had a revelation, say, wow, that's him. Amen. They didn't know. Other people seen him said, wow, that's Jesus. I don't understand that. But that's what Scripture gives us and paints a picture for us of what the afterlife, the body of that, will be like. But there's one place in Scripture that I know of that Jesus is explaining heaven. It's, it's used in all kinds of funerals. If you've ever attended a funeral, or very many funerals, I know that you've heard this verse. It's John chapter 14. It's where Jesus says, Beloved, I go away to prepare a place for you, that where I am, that you, there you may come also. Jesus was telling this to his disciples that was sitting by his side. He was teaching them in a little surrounding, a little community like what we're sitting in right here. And Jesus was talking to them about that. They began to question within just a few minutes. Where's he going? Where's he going to build somewhere? He's saying he's going somewhere that we can't come to yet. Where's that? What's that look like? If his disciples that sat at his feet for three and a half years had goofy questions, I can assure you today you're going to have some stupid questions. They're foolish questions. Does that mean Jesus don't care about you? Paul wasn't saying that when he said it's a foolish question. You're going to have questions. It's okay. It's okay for us to ask. I know Ann's asked me a lot of questions since Carolyn went to heaven. What's it like there? What's she experiencing there? I can't give you ever answer to that. And sometimes you may sit there and think, man, I'm just a fool for even believing that for a minute. But I'm here to tell you today, there is a hope of eternity, and it's as real as anything we've ever experienced in this life. There is an eternity to go and gain. I promise you that. And even though you may see him and sit in this life and think, man, I'm crazy for believing that. Let people say I'm crazy. I don't care. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. I know that he is an answer to my sorrows. So there's lots of verses that goes on like that. And read all of 1 Corinthians 15. It's a great place. But a few years ago, there was a young set of twins up in uh, Canada. And they wrote this song, and it was, it was played there today at, at uh, Eric's grandma's funeral. It was, I hope you're dancing. 
And I, I begin to hear, hear the verse and the words of that song. And I, I looked them up. And I, it's this. It said, so tell me, what do you do up in heaven? It's these young girls, these young twins. They're young, young girls in their early 20s, it looks to me like. I don't know their age. But they lost a friend. And they write this song about their friend. What do you do up in heaven? I, what's it like there? Yes. Are your days filled with love and light? Is there music? Is there art and adventure? Tell me, are you happy? Are you more alive? Then it goes into the verse. Because here on earth, it feels like everything good is missing since you left. And here on earth, everything is different. There's an emptiness. And any of us that's ever suffered loss, any of us that's ever had somebody that we love dearly to pass from this life of time into eternity, our hope is what bridges that gap between the two. It gives me something to stand on. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things we don't yet see. I cannot see eternity. But faith is the hope that I have and it's the substance of the things I'm hoping for. I have hope of eternal things. And then as young girls they go into this verse and it says I hope you're dancing in the sky. I hope you're singing in the angels choir. And I hope the angels know what they have. I bet it's so nice up in heaven since you've arrived. Since you've arrived. The people that we know that have left this life for the afterlife, that had Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I hope they're up in heaven today singing because I believe that there's going to be praise and worship in heaven. A lot better than what we experience here on this earth. I love hearing the old songs. I love hearing the new songs. I love hearing songs. And there's going to be music in heaven. The great choir of, of all the hosts is going to be singing there. And I guarantee it's beautiful there today. And all those that we've missed that have gone on before us, yes, they have hope that it's there. Nelson Mandela is my last quote today as this rain starts to fall. Nelson Mandela, the great leader of a super impoverished nation. A person that was imprisoned for trying to do what was right. He said this, this is his quote, May your choices reflect your hopes and not your fears. May your choices reflect your hope. We've got a lot of choices to make in this life. And in this world we're living in, we have a lot of choices to make. My hope and prayer for us today as Christians, as the bridge people, is that our hope would have an effect on our community. That our hope of eternity, that our hope of going to meet our lost loved ones, would be so contagious 
more contagious than this virus. It'll be so contagious that it'll catch on with those that have no hope. It says in Proverbs that, that hope deferred makes the heart sick. People without hope or that once had hope that gave up on hope, their heart becomes sick. I hope and pray that we're effective people as the bridge people that will cause others to have hope and faith and believe in an afterlife. And I want us to pray that together, that we will become more and more like Jesus, that we will be that example, that others will know, man, there has to be an afterlife because they're living it, they're loving it, and they're going after Him. Why? Because it's real. That's who I want to be as a church. It's a real church. Not a fake church. Not a church that puts on a fancy face. Yes. A church that's real. God. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to be a group of Christians that live out your word in this world that we're living. God, I pray that we as a church would be a church filled with hope. A church that's filled with eternity. Lord, that we are a church that has thoughts about the afterlife and reality that we live it out in such a way that it becomes contagious to those that we are in community with God I pray for our community in Lewis County God I pray for health I pray for stability God I pray for all the families that we affect as a church God help us to be impactful in everything we do because it's for your kingdom that we do all this we do everything we do as unto you we pray make us effective because that's what will make you successful in your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says, Amen. Amen.